Hey guys, welcome to Femme at Large, or Femininity and whatever you want to talk about. I'm January. And I'm Mars. Um, this week we will be talking about femininity and fat phobia. Before Ooh. we get into that, what's been going on this week? So this week uh, has been really crazy in social media. There was like too much to choose from, but there's a couple oh that God. really stood out. Um, first off, we want to send like just our thoughts and just like strength to Kiki Palmer. Um, oh my goodness. She had a really rough week. Um, so apparently uh, she ended up having to um, file for a restraining order against her baby's father. Uh, his name's Darius. I don't know his last name. Good. Uh, Jackson. Exactly. Because <laughs> who cares? Because I'm just like, yeah. you know, so she had to file a restraining order against Darius Jackson um, for uh, just like physical and verbal threats towards her trespassing um you know throwing things um and then she also filed for sole custody of her son um so that already was alarming just hearing that she filed but then to hear that it was all granted to her was even scarier Uh especially when it comes to domestic violence disputes never For a black woman, like, of any caliber, it is never, like, this... For women in general, but black women especially, like, it doesn't even matter, like, what... Like, very rarely will they take you seriously. Megan Thee Stallion is a huge... Mm. But, yeah. Yeah, like, it's just, for for black women, it's not always that quick and in a hurry. So, that was disturbing. And then to actually see uh, screenshots excuse me, of the camera foot camera footage showing him putting her hands his hands on her was really disturbing and it was really sad considering that Kiki or insinuating that Kiki Palmer was manipulated and lying about everything and then quickly, quickly deleted the post so it just was like very much like <laughs> no like literally it i just i think it's just like a really great example of the audacity of toxic men and toxic masculinity as a whole and yes like even yes. like when kiki's mom or kiki palmer's mother had to come out and make a Who video never never speaks on this stuff never and it just was really alarming and i'm just like this is how this perpetuates. This is how women don't get to have their kids or like be protected. And like, it was really scary. And um, it made me feel sad for her. I felt bad because I remember with the whole Usher situation and when, um, you know, she went back to him. I kind of was just yeah. like, eh, you know, but I was just like, you know what? We don't know their business. I kind of got the vibe she'd get back with him anyway. But to come find out, it was just a cycle of abuse. And she yes. probably said something that lured her into feeling safe again. And it just it was just really sad. And, you know, I'm just praying for her, praying for the baby, obviously, because it sounds like a rough road ahead. And, you know, you don't wish that on anybody. So, yeah, that that was really disturbing. That upset me because it's Kiki Palmer. Granted, it shouldn't happen to any woman, any black woman, no. any person. But it is Kiki Palmer. Like, she is Kiki the cream of the crop Palmer. for our yeah. age group. I, I just, it, it just goes to show that no matter what accolades you make, no matter how loyal you are, how good of a person you are, like, 
there's men out there that feel like they could just do whatever to you and it's just actually disturbing. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And I'm so glad that, I mean, I, it's unfortunate that we have to bring stuff like this up. But, mm-hmm. like, after seeing what happened to Megan, like, we can't be quiet about the men like this in our community. Like, yeah. it's it's two things about this that are, like, pissing me off the most. Like, like as you said, she's an American treasure. Like, this is the Kiki mm-hmm. Palmer. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, she has like a solid support system around her i can i can mm-hmm. tell like her mother is a fierce mother like Amazing. she reminds me so much of my mother like she's not falling mm-hmm. for no okie doke and this isn't the first run-in she's had like in and uh like in a situation where she's been assaulted or like the trey song situation i don't know if you remember yeah i like, remember that yeah like thankfully she has a support system around her that i feel like megan did not have while she was going through the trial and everything mm-hmm. like that but it's just like you said it's the audacity like men prey on women that they feel that they can get over on and i think that there was a period of time where there was probably like in the honeymoon phase of them being together where she was able to ignore those red flags but like you said you know we don't know their situation i also was incredibly disappointed when you know the whole usher thing went down and then mm-hmm. you know she did go back to him but you know how many women in our life do we know that have a child with somebody that tried to make it work you know mm-hmm. i can't fault her for that so i know that she will be fine because she is the kiki bomber like nothing mm-hmm. i i truly don't feel anything will stop her yeah. But I'm so glad that she was taken seriously when she did go to law enforcement, when she did take the mm-hmm. legal route, because how many stories do we know of women that have begged for help and they said that they could do nothing and they're not here anymore. You know, I would have lost it if that was her story. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm so grateful. Um, he will burn in the pits of hell. Yes. And no one will ever remember him for anything other than being the father yeah. of Kiki Palmer's child. That's and it. I can't remember the last project his brother has been in. Um, I hope they both rot. No, literally, literally, because I just even just seeing the timestamps on the screenshots or the footage, it was last year, like twenty twenty two, and it was like six in the morning. I looked, I was like, what could make you so angry? To do that to somebody at six in the morning. What? Like, it just was really just like crazy because she was holding this for that long. And it really yeah. just made me upset. It, it hurt me because she's just always positive. She don't really cause no issues, really. You know, like she'll say some stuff here and there. But I mean, I just, it's just sad. And I agree with everything you said. I'm praying that like this just makes her stronger and this is just dead weight that she's shedding off so that she can literally like, you know, like uh, build up her um, production company that she's doing and build up all yes. these things. And, um, and also, isn't she bi? So maybe this is a chance for her to just like get out there and just like, you know, find somebody else to, to fall in love with that won't hurt her like that. Cause that's Absolutely. Terrible. And and that man, you know, just they just haven't crossed paths yet. Somebody's gonna love on her so good and is gonna love on that baby. You know, mm-hmm. like she just she's just a such a phenomenal woman. Like she just needed someone that was gonna match him. And when he came out and he was all like mousy and quiet, I'm like, this don't really I wasn't I didn't really see it, you know? Like mm-hmm. yeah, you know, sure he was a good looking guy, but she has so much to her 
so, so much personality so much you know what i'm saying like she needs someone that's gonna match that and yeah. they just haven't crossed paths yet but we keep her in our prayers she is protected and covered and loved and yeah that men people like that men like that people like that in general will never succeed they will never he will never win he will never prosper mm-hmm. never yeah no absolutely and i Shout hope he goes to, to jail Kiki. yeah you know what? To Kiki. i hope he goes to jail yeah i hope so too or even just like is far far away from her because the way the article looks it looks like he just keeps trying to find a way to come back and that's even scarier because that's what they do that's what they do i don't know if you're familiar with this uh creator online her name is ekane she is mainly known for like you know she does like makeup stuff and she does a lot of wig reviews and you know she can slay a wig you know Mm. lay a wig down um but she is also known for talking about her she has a very like krishan blues face relationship with her baby father Mm. i think he's the father of like all three of her kids she's there as two or three children and he met her when she was like 18 19 he's well into his 30s he's a bum he is a he's horrible and disgusting all of the red flags for me all of the red flags and now they're at this point where she just she's she has spoken that she has tried to take the kids and disappear and that he always finds her so she's just at the point where she just deals with it like mm-hmm. he's just in her house constantly and you know this is again one of those scenarios where i don't know if she's gone to police i would have to assume she yeah. has but it's, it's just men like that they will find you wherever you are like it's the power aspect it's not even that they want you it's mm-hmm. that they don't want you to have anyone else <sighs> see friend i'm praying for her as well because i'm praying for her as well she's said some questionable things she's made some questionable decisions but nobody deserves getting hands mm-hmm. put on them by a man woman mm-hmm. anybody yeah especially in front of their children because the kids are like young they're like babies so Mm. i pray she finds the strength to be able to completely free herself but it's like they'll like i've checked in with her i don't follow her but she'll end up on my for you page like i've checked in with her like just to see and then i see his face and i'm like oh my god like i really pray that she because it, it takes a lot that people don't understand to because your brain starts to make you think that you deserve to be treated like that mm. so it takes so much to get to that point where you're able to finally break free but i'm praying for her yeah i'm i'm, I'm praying for her any any woman that is unfortunately you know yeah. in those circumstances absolutely <clears throat> yeah so yeah that was kind of a bummer but heavy episode today (laughs) yeah no heavy heavy we're gonna lighten it up next topic uh is saucy santana versus dj academic i don't know if you've seen that on the timeline (laughs) did they fight is that is that what happened i don't so basically i don't know if they have fought yet but from where i left off I know DJ Academics was talking smack about City Girls and, you know, just yes. being misogynistic and rude. And Saucer Santana came back, trigger warning, and basically uh, said that he would uh, 
assault, essentially, uh, the academics, uh, you know, would either fight him or, you know, clap the cheeks. And to be, yeah. to quote, to quote fairly, I hate to cut you off. Quote he said he would fight him and then clap his cheeks. Obviously, I don't condone this. I don't, don't he's condone not it. going to do that. He's obviously not don't, going to do right, that. Right, obviously not, um, but... Yes, we don't condone yeah, it. We're that, gonna quote it properly, though. That was the quote. He said he was going to beat his ass and then his right. cheeks. So that, that's that's what happened. And so DJ Academics uh, became very afraid because he felt that he can't say what he truly wants to say because he'll be canceled um, for coming after a queer man. And that I'm gonna stop right there before I get to the rest of it because. Man, it's just so funny to me because it's just like, you guys bully these people, right? You bully queerness. You bully everybody from the day you guys are like like five or six. You're bullying yeah. the other boys. And then when someone claps back at you who has nothing to lose, who's all very, very defined and very in tune with their femininity and all that, but also knows how to fight, then you want to blame society and cancel culture uh, for all I can't say stuff. anything. <laughs> for all this stuff, but really at the heart of it, we just know you don't want to fight him because you can't fight, and that's what everybody has been trying to point out for years, but hasn't been able to do it. Who knew that Saucy Santana would be the one to actually expose DJ Academics? Had this man crying on his live stream, crying, crying on his crying. live stream. He can't say this, but really, what you are upset is you can't say homophobic stuff. Yeah, you can't say the F word. You mad because you can't call him the F word. You mad because you can't, like, why is that your only go-to? And Santana touched on that. I'm not the biggest, Santana has said some things. I'm not the biggest fan of Santana. Right. But, like you said, someone who is secure in themselves and knows who they are Mm -hmm. and, you know, he can play in areas of femininity because that's where he likes and that's how he likes to present himself. But he said, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a man. And man to man if you want you know what i'm saying because you have all of this static you have all of this energy for women but when an actual man has something to say to you over years every single time joe budden uh vince staples every single time um, vic mensa every single time a man has pressed him he's cowering in a corner Mm -hmm. but you have so much energy to speak about other women and to confront other women like mm-hmm. one thing about and you said it one thing about Livingston he can we he, he's not outside he's in that mm-hmm. room on that live stream day in and day Talking out trash. with all of his other little weird little fans jerking themselves off watching him for hours and hours and hours he is not outside he's never been outside he cannot mm-hmm. fight and so no. that's definitely a big part of why he's like oh I can't say anything no you you don't want to say anything because you know Satana's going to dro- dog walk you He's going to dog walk you if he even catches a glimpse of you anywhere. Exactly. I, I just like I don't I just I feel like these academics finally need to be exposed and just some advice for him, I wouldn't mess with people from Miami because they can fight and they will Okay. <laughs> One thing about people from Miami, they will always say like they're not from Florida, like they're from Miami. You know what I mean? No, like it's Miami. like it's, it's different. they're not from it's different. It's different. It's different. <laughs> like, he is such a loser. He's such a square. No, he's actually terrible. Unfortunately, he will never fade into obscurity. Ever. I feel at this point, like, 
as long as virality is a thing, like something that he says will pop off because he's that annoying. But yeah, I'm glad that Santiana got on, like stayed on his neck and was like, why is it that the only thing that you can talk about is, the, is me being gay? He's like, there's plenty you can talk about. My my album not streaming, my music not doing numbers. You can talk about me like you talk about the other girls, but you don't want to because you can't. Because you're scared. And that's okay to be scared. Exactly. The, I, one thing about me, it, they, it, what's that that clip in uh, Abbott Elementary where the uh, the principal she's like, you know how to never get your ass beat, um, know when someone's gonna beat your ass. Like I <laughs> never have felt threatened because I don't interact with people I that I know. <laughs> I know finally filming is starting again. Amen. Yeah. Amen. <sighs> but yeah, you know how to never get your ass beat. Know when someone is about to beat your ass. Like mm. never have I ever threatened antagonized yeah. anyone yeah. that i know can piece me up like that's exactly. just simple math exactly he hasn't learned that he thinks that he like he because he's never claimed to be a gangster because he's never claimed to be in that world that he gets like immunity like mm-hmm. no if you talk about me i get the right to respond how i want to and sometimes people respond with hands exactly exactly and, 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 and that's the consequence it's freedom of speech, not freedom of consequence. Everything Ooh. that you say can and will be retaliated how that person sees fit. Exactly. That's why with the slap, with the will slap, with Chris, freedom of speech, comedy, whatever, being a commentator mm-hmm. means that people get the right to respond to the comments that you make about them. Mm. However they say, see fit. Exactly. Ooh, that's a bar, friend. That's a bar. Well, last time we left <laughs> off with, like, I left off with uh, researching Saucy and that he's an academic fight. Um, mm-hmm. Saucy was previewing a song about beating up PJ Academic. And, he made uh, a song. He made a song. He, he did a preview. I was like, that's kind of flies. So there's that. Um, and then, yeah, that's the last I heard of it. But it was like, only thing I didn't like about it was that, like, a lot of problematic black men were like making comments and like uh being homophobic towards dj um to towards saucy santana and stuff <laughs> um what's that man um dr umar oh my god dr. that umar. video is so unserious <laughs> dr umar because he's so problematic everything about him is just wrong but Everything, his like yeah. one liners be killing me, like, <laughs> and I'm just like, why are you funny? Like you shouldn't be funny. I hate this. But also, I like, want to be free of him. I want to be free of like finding those videos hilarious. I wish, I wish I did it. <laughs> I wish yeah. I did it. I wish I did it. Like it's so terrible and funny. You know what I'm saying? You just kind of have to like, like laugh because it's just like I can't even take this man serious to be like no. upset. You know. Yeah, I'm not giving him no money. I don't watch his videos on his channel. Like, he's not getting a single stream or nothing from me. But when those videos get reposted, <laughs> I do be laughing. I do. I do. I it's, do. It's terrible. God's but not yeah. done with me yet. Nah, right. It's a process. It's a, it's a process. It's a journey. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, so we have a choice, Lawrence. You get to pick. Who would you uh-huh. like to drag? Would you like to drag Whoopi Goldberg or Lauren Hill? I feel like I may have more to say. I feel like you pick. What 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 would you prefer? I can I can drag either. I have I have quite a bit to say about both of them right now. 
I'm gonna go to Lauren because I think I have yeah. the most experience with that yeah. situation. Same. So, um, Lauren Hill, um, you know, she's notoriously known for being tardy. Um, and this uh, show that she was at, she uh, made like a little speech at the end and commented on her tardiness and said yeah. that we, are, we as the audience are lucky that she makes it on stage and at oh all. my god and all this mess. I didn't even like when she started off with that, I cut it off, right? I <laughs> Me too, like, I think. I cut it off because I was feeling gaslit, so I had to get out. And so <laughs> I, I'm gonna preface with like my personal story. So in 2012, uh, I went to go see Lauren Hill at the House of Blues in Orlando, and it was a big deal because me and my mom really loved this education of Lauren, and we just really vibe with that song, something that I feel like we really resonated with together. So it meant a lot to me, and the fact that we both were going to this concert, I'm like, oh my god, this is so great to see Lauren freaking Hill. I know this, this album front went backwards and sideways, I can't wait to sing the words, can't wait to enjoy it, all this stuff. We go you saw there. it. Right. We go there, and mind you, we got front, like, we got in the pit, so we, like, in the front, because, wow. you know, how to lose, there's some seating, but not much, but, yeah, we, like, it's like, up there, get, right, so, like, let's get to the front, blah, blah, now, mind you, my mom at the time, she's, like, in her 40s, you know, so, you know, she shouldn't be standing all that time, yeah, we were there for two and a half hours waiting for her to come out, the poor DJ up there was working his behind off, trying to keep us engaged, he was for good, two but hours, two hours, and kept being like, oh, yeah, I think she's in the building, or she's on her way, blah, 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 and by the end of it, I'm just fed up, she gonna come off stage with her kids, she had like maybe like, I think four of her kids with her, and mm-hmm. was like, I'm sorry, y'all, we were at SeaWorld. SeaWorld, now friend, if y'all, are, if you're from Florida or Orlando, you know that SeaWorld is literally maybe like 15 minutes from House of Blues because it's all If that, it's all the same strip. It's all I drive, it's all down there. So that was disturbing. So you mean to tell me you were hanging out at the parks when you yeah. already had a, a, a date and time to be at the House of Blues that's right up the street. Absolutely. That had nothing to do with her. Nothing. Brought her no. kids on stage. On stage. Said, oh yeah, this is my kids. Look, it's Zion. You know, and I was like, I don't care about Zion right now. I care about the fact that I've been standing up here for two and a half hours waiting for you to come yeah. out, and you chose to be late. Not that something happened. You chose to be late. So that's chose. number one. Absolutely. Number two, she was singing the songs, but she called them remixes. But you could barely hear the lyrics properly. You could tell there was no mic check. And nope. the sound, like, it, it was a point, like, does she even have the rights to her music? I'll say this in 2012. I was like, there's no way she got the rights to her music because it was a totally no. different song. The only song she sang correctly was Killing Me Softly, the version uh, done by the Fugees. And friend, beautiful. Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. All of my Of course, yeah. Her voice, it sounded so good. And that's how I knew, okay, she don't have the rights to her song because that's obviously no. a Fugees song. So, right. So... I'm saying all this to say, for this woman to get up on stage knowing that she's habitually late to country, like concerts in almost every single country she goes to, and on top of that, stole music, right? Stole music so that she would never be able to like actually sing them properly, but still is making money somehow off of all of us that she is habitually late to see. It's disrespectful. I feel gaslit. 
And it just reminds me of our elders in this in the black community and even in just in like like Generation X and Boomers who just feel like they can do whatever they want. We just got to deal with it. That's life. Just they deal dealt with it. with it. And that's not okay. It's disrespectful. You don't respect your fans. Like, at, at some point, like I said, I talked to this about with Miles um, about some of the artists he follows who I just don't think they like their fans. I was just no. like, at what point are you going to be like, hey, you're actually not that great to me. I'm paying your bills to some extent. Could you please come up on time? Can you please perform with the mic in your hand? Can you please, like, just, just simple things. I, I'm not saying that begging. Like, as, begging. I'm not saying as a, as an audience member that you are working for me and you should do this and the third. But where's the consideration? I'm spending all this harder money I just made to come see you, or memories that mean a lot to me to come see you. And you saying that I'm lucky? Lucky. I'm lucky you should be you so grateful. Y'all need so to start. Grateful. We need to start canceling people like that who are literally like. I know you worked hard for this, but I don't care. Because they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars, especially touring. You're making money. You're making, yeah. You're making, that's why you make most of your money. And so she's not making any albums because she can't because she didn't write this education of Laura. She had tons of help. So at at what point are you going to be like, hey, like, maybe I should give a fuck about the people that listen to my music maybe i should actually have consideration and thank the fans who have stuck by me even when i've done all this fraudulent stuff even when i'm two hours late and i just felt it so disrespectful i couldn't even finish the whole video because what else is there to say so what are your thoughts friend i just i'm still heated just thinking about it honestly no all of that energy is 100 percent valid like the fact that that story was from 2012 you said 2012 like, for the past two decades, she has been, or I'll, I'll give her, at least the past decade, she has been like this. Like, mm-hmm. there's just no excuse. And you said it, like, she just does not like her fans. Yeah. After a certain point, you just have to, like, admit that. And you know what? I feel that there would be, and I say that loosely, some people wouldn't care. Like, she shows up two hours late you know, whatever, whatever. People wouldn't care if she was putting on a performance. Like, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to wait for Killing Me Softly. I can go to the karaoke bar and hear Killing Me Softly live if I really want to hear it. You know what I'm exactly. saying? It's not going to be Lauren Hill at the end of the day. But, like, I can live at this point without having hearing that heard that record live because I know that the rest of that concert is not going to be giving that same... You know nope. what I'm saying? Like, someone I'm willing to wait for, Prince... Beyonce, mm. Adele, because I know that they're gonna sing the classics. They're gonna, you know what I'm saying? They're they're gonna give you a show. They're gonna give you what you paid for. They're gonna give you an experience. Mm. Like all you're getting is the chance to see Lauren Hill in person. Like yeah. go to Brooklyn, go to Harlem. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. you'll probably catch her. You know, like it's just it's really disrespectful at the end of the day. Like mm-hmm. these people spent, like you said, spent their hard earned money. She does this globally. Every single person mm-hmm. has a similar story. Every single person yeah. has a similar story. Like I was the same way. Like I saw that video. I literally couldn't even finish it. Cause it's just like, auntie, I'm not, Mm-mm-mm. I'm, I'm not dealing I'm with not, it. It's toxic. No, I'm not. I'm too grown mm-hmm. now to just be <laughs> accepting yeah. whatever it is that you feel we deserve. Like, no, I complete. I completely agree. It's just so disrespectful, yeah. and it is like telling of that generation where 
you should just you should just be happy I'm here. Like, hmm. no sound check, nothing. Barely show up to your own rehearsals for your band. I, that video that you talked about, Robert, uh, what's his name? Robert, Robert Glasper. Glass? Yeah, Robert I Glasper. Mean, mm-hmm. We can link it below, but. And it, that video is like quite old too, and it just mm-hmm. talks about how she just does no preparation whatsoever. None. Like None. she's so chaotic with her schedule that if she doesn't like how you're acting, or if you look her in the eye, or if you you know don't address mm-hmm. her by her last name, you know saying Miss Hill, she'll fire you on the spot and will be holding auditions the day of the concert in the city that she's mm-hmm. in for members of the band to replace people because she fires people so frequently. Mm. Like, you're not allowed to call her out. You're not allowed to... You know what I'm saying? Like, don't... Yeah. She's just... It's just maddening. I don't know how anyone has ever worked for her. And my issue is, why do people continue to book her? I understand that she is the Lauren Hill. But the fact that she doesn't own the rights of her music, therefore, she's not going to perform any, any of that music. The only record that you're going to get in its... Like, the way it was uh, recorded is... Mm-hmm killing me softly why yeah. are people still bugging her at this point i think at this point it's got to be in the hands of the people if like people see that people aren't coming because they know she's going to be late and people really aren't buying tickets that's when they're going to stop booking her that's and that's true. when i talk to the fans and i'm like y'all like i'm not trying to take money away from this woman because she obviously needs it but at the same time like she needs to respect people and, like, you know, I'd heard stuff that she had had, like, weird mentors and, you know, like, that people that kind yeah. of blew her head up in a weird way. And, yeah. Um, but at of the same course. time, it's just, like, I, I don't know about y'all. I'm not going. I'm, I'm not, not going. going. I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not missing anything. I'd rather just go on YouTube and play all the music videos because that's literally going to be better than sitting there being, like, her being late and listening to stuff that does not sound like the original. At no, all. I've heard some clips, and it's daunting. It's weird. It's it's, daunting. Fr- it's so it's weird. weird. I remember at one point I was sitting there, I was like, "Mom, what song is this? Is this can't uh, can't take my eyes off you." Like I can't even like recognize the lyrics because she's saying it weird. And then she's like trying to do sound checks during the performance. So she's like, "Hey, hey, up, she no, just no, no, down, care. no, no, move. no, 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 wait, no, 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 no." And I'm like, "Y'all, like, what is going on? Like, it was so chaotic. I'm like." This is not what I spent my money on. So. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And I also want to touch on the point where you said just like just hating her fans. Like someone that I can tell doesn't like interacting with nobody, Andre three thousand. You know what one you know what Andre three thousand is not doing? Touring. He's not touring. Because he don't want to interact with nobody. He's, not doing He's out there nothing. living his life playing the pants in Brooklyn. And and as he should, you know what I'm saying? Like he's mm-hmm. done his time with Outcast and he's done his solo stuff. Like he hasn't he's good to live like just as this man for the rest of his life. He don't mm-hmm. wanna interact with the public. And I can tell Lauren probably does not want to either. She wants to just do her thing, but she can't live do like live lavishly. Like for someone who is so mm-hmm. like, you know, godly and this and that, she's very earthly. Very earthly and very, like, um, manipulative because I feel yeah. like she knows her power. She knows what that album has done she for knows. people. She and, knows. And, like, at what point, because I feel like what I respect about Andre 2000 is, like, he obviously has some mental health issues that came with the fame and wanted that yes. fame and is very, like, very um, uh, wary of music industry. And I get that. And yeah. like the way he interacts shows somebody who's healthily just staying to himself, keeping track of his money and just chilling. 
Now, Lauren, you are purposely going on tour, mm-hmm. and you're you're purposely shitting on your band. You're purposely shitting on your fans because you know to make the money. And I don't know how much money she's making. Like it's probably enough to live like a decent life. Probably not like OG yeah. mega star, but like you know a good yeah. regular life for like let's say like a doctor or higher, obviously. For but, sure. Like, yeah. Well, but it's just right, right. But it's just kind of like you know that people are still like really messing with your music and like the nostalgia of it and she really like digs into that nostalgia and i also want to have like a a conversation with like um frank ocean because i feel like he does that too we need to come to jesus with frank we We i don't know we're ready for that and it's very layered and he's been through a lot but sometimes i feel like as fans and as listeners we give some some of them a lot more le- like leeway when mm-hmm. they are disrespecting you when it comes to like coming with the music or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it, I have thoughts. So, but yes, I agree with you on that for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Frank Ocean will be Lauren Hillify- Lauren Hillifying himself in his later years because yeah. it's that, like you said, like people are still so nostalgic about that sound about her, like she does not promote these tours i doubt anyone mm-hmm. is doing much promoting for it like people just want to see the lauren hill that's what people do with frank mm-hmm. frank has such a strong cult following despite that's not it. meeting expectations several times like yeah he did the same thing at his coachella performance didn't he all right. of his songs he, he performed were remixes you know he was late he, he was left early. he was late. I because I had to sit Miles down. We my younger brother. We had oh. to talk because because he's a huge Frank Ocean fan. Been since day mm. one, and you know, like he told me the things that was supposedly happening behind the scenes and stuff like that. But which I don't doubt. Day, I don't doubt. Right? I'm like, dang, yeah. if he did get hurt, you know, blah blah blah. But when I saw this man on stage with no mic, <sighs> dancing to, to the backtrack. I said he don't like y'all. There's no he way. He doesn't like. He actually There's hates no y'all. Like, way. I'm sorry, babe. They can't. Like, I was like, Michael Jackson sat in a chair and sang. Beyonce was pregnant, backwards on a chair singing. Who else? Like, at what point do you have to sit there and be like, this artist really doesn't care if I listen to them or not? I, maybe I need to stop no. listening to them because it's like, yeah, why? Or you can just keep it at like you know I'ma just watch the stream you know I'ma listen to the the I'ma stream them all uh, you know stream their music but I'm not there's no way I was like mom's like there's no way but that's a whole other discussion and we can talk about that but all that to say poor miles I know Lauren Hill like (laughs) you should be ashamed you know she's wrong she's not. and um and Whoopi Goldberg was kind of that same way too, but I don't even want it. that's gonna get my blood pressure up, so we not gonna yeah. let it. Yeah. But uh but yeah, those are the media segments for the day. Thank you for giving me this space <laughs> to talk about it. It was fun. Of course. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg. You will see. You, in five days, you will begin to cough. Um, but anyway, this week, y'all, that was the media segment. Thank you so much, Jan, for no putting problem. that together. Got very heated, but there are things that need to be discussed amongst us, the black community. Um, but this week, um, so last week we talked about Auntie M. This week we're going to be talking about fat phobia and kind of how it 
uh, appears in different areas of our life and how we've interacted with it like personally and just like what our experience has been um but just off the top i wanted to i'm looking over at some notes if y'all are curious um just off the top thank you (laughs) Um, i just wanted to just talk about just straight up the definition this is just like the google i don't believe that this is a webster term yet um but just the how it is defined as we know it right now um so let's just say what is fat phobia so it's the implicit and explicit bias of overweight individuals that is rooted in a sense of blame and presumed moral failing so a lot of those words and moral failing being a very um important aspect of what makes fat phobia you know and how it is uh, acted upon individuals either systemically or in different um, areas so yes it's essentially it can be seen as like two different sides so there are people that either they themselves fear ever gaining weight or there are people that you know it seems like you have a fear of fat people that is not it you have a fear of either getting fat or your size are lesser than because you know they're a bigger person mm-hmm. um so is most presented in which is in media so we mm-hmm. talked about last week about antm and about models and we touched a little bit on the plus size representation that was on the show which at the time was one character in the earlier seasons i can't speak for the latest seasons because i didn't watch that i don't know if you watched that jan Mm-mm. um yeah but this so this is the early 2000s so just imagine being a young big girl watching mm-hmm. the largest size be considered plus size which at the size at the time was 10 to 12 10 to 12 Friend. i need the west and globally 10 to 12 is a plus size it's crazy a 10 crazy. 12 like there is a genuine fear of mm. a, a, a larger body. So outside of, you know, modeling an ANTM, we have now in more modern times in the twenties, um, it appearing in like diet crazes have come back. Like we're really mm. right now is a very scary time to be a big person. Yeah. Because we are like going back into like you have Ozempic, you have the BBL girls, oh. like any appearance of fatness is shunned Mm -hmm. and like yes we have made strides like yes there are women in media now that are more represented but it kind of remains still Mm -hmm. the optics aren't great how would how do you feel about your representation for bigger bigger people yeah, it's really, really bad. Um, I didn't realize how bad it was until, like, I had a past partner who dealt with a lot of fat phobia and, like, seeing um, seeing the things that she went through and then I was able to kind of see how the media plays into it. And it's just really sad. It's scary. And it's also unfair because, especially in the U.S., like, our healthcare is trash. The workspace is trash. Stress is trash. So it's like there's so many things that add to weight gain. So yes. that makes it unfair. But then also, it's just weight. Weight does not equal health in either direction. Whether you're skinny or you're bigger, it doesn't mean that you're healthier or less healthier just because 
you're you're skinny or you're big. So it's it's really really bad. I've always known, like especially when it comes to comedians, if they make like a fat joke, a trans joke, or a racist joke, you know that they don't have any real jokes to give. And like, yeah. and so it's just like there's so many ways that like fat phobia perpetuated, and it's just really sad because it's causing eating disorders. Is causing just like mental stress. It's just unnecessary, and I feel like if we all just got rid of that, we'd live happier lives. But it's like you put, you put this fear onto yourself for what yes. for, you know. So that's how I feel. Like yeah, it's really bad. Yes. No. Yeah. And yeah, I completely agree. Um, you know, as someone who is wanting to be more in the public eye like i've started stand-up and you talked about how like you know once the fat jokes start coming out once the transphobic jokes start coming out you that's how you know like you literally have no material um just to speak on an experience that i like literally just had like a couple months ago so i just started doing stand-up like two months ago um and one of my first open mics i was like the first person up and I did my little set, you know, I was nervous, I was shaking like a leaf, but you know, I did it and I got like a good response and people, I will say it's, I've really been quite surprised by the community, at least in Orlando that has like come out to the shows that I've been at. Like people have been so receptive to me. I don't know if it, maybe it's just my energy, you know, you give, you You're get back good. what you give out, You're good. <laughs> but it's been, it's been very, very surprising. But yeah, so I did my little set. My, one of my first sets that I ever did talked about like being a big girl and how, you know, most of the prospects that want to talk to me are very skinny men and I'm tired of laying on bird chested men. Like I can hear your heartbeat. Like it's not, you know, like that was like the whole thing. Yeah. The next dude up right after me fat joke fat joke fat joke fat joke fat joke and i'm like oh my god <laughs> they weren't directed at me but they were just but, like it was immediately know, after my wife immediately after and it was not getting any response like he didn't eat he left the entire meal on the plate so you know i i that was a slight win for me but yeah it's it's daunting seeing the women that either you know, in the comedy space or even in like, uh, singers and, you know, performers, models, like preciously, like people, women that have Mm -hmm. like really been breaking the mold, seeing their comments and seeing Mm -hmm. what they have to ignore gets, and I'm going to try not to cry, is Mm -hmm. so terrifying because I don't know that I'm strong enough. You know what I mean? Like, I so desperately want to break into, like, TV and film and stand-up, but Mm -hmm. seeing what they have to endure Mm -hmm. just by existing, no one's promoting anything. I'm simply existing in the body Mm -hmm. that I'm in. I've been bigger, I've been smaller. You know what I mean? Like, I'm simply existing in the body that I'm in and trying to feed it and be nice to it and be kind to it. And just being like happy and you know like not hiding my body like this is the first Mm. year or like the last year and like this year have been like the first years where i've been like i'm just gonna wear clothes like i don't care Mm -hmm. if maybe a roll is sticking out i don't care if you can see cellulite or if you can see stretch marks you know what i mean like i don't care like avert your eyes if it's so offensive you know what i mean but i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. like you know shroud my body in a knapsack burlap sack because you're afraid to look at a bigger body right right? and so just seeing what these women have had to like lizzo you know someone which 
for her faults at the time when mm-hmm. she came out and breaking the mold and getting into the mainstream like every single thing she did was on like a microscope hyper analyzed yeah. broken down like constantly the butt of a joke right now i've been like doing like silly little live streams on tiktok because it's literally just exposure therapy like i'm just trying to get used to people staring at me because for so long you know you're taught to be quiet you know or at least that was the reaction that i have there are many women which like i've become friends with that are like the exact opposite of the spectrum where they were told or like you know ignored and you know cast away so much that they like you're like bitch you're not gonna ignore me now you know they're very bad but i'm i'm yeah. just now coming into my own but like literally like every single other comment is like hey lizzo blah blah blah, blah. and which like it's not th- they're not eating the way they think they are because lizzo is a beautiful mm. woman but it's just like yeah i fear for mm. that side of it because i have you know jan is like a huge huge supporter of mine and it's like you know your time is gonna come like your moment is gonna come and i am terrified i'm terrified Mm -hmm. of what that exposure brings you know yeah well mars thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that of course that's yeah that's huge because i mean that's definitely like relatable and um i'm sorry that you have to deal with that but like or any, if it means anything, like you pushing forward is gonna mean so much to somebody else, and like the little Mars that gets to see themselves in you. I'm gonna cry. I'm going to cry. You can't do that. No, because Mars, like you're really great. Like you're really funny. I remember when I first met you, and I was just like, yo, like. You're really good. Like, you were prepared, you were on it, you're funny, you're charismatic, and, like, there's just haters out there that are projecting the, the lives they can't live because they're feeding into that and they're not strong enough to push through and be like, no, like, actually, that's not who I am. Like, I can be whoever I want to be. And it can be lonely and it can be hard to, like, do something that many people haven't done, but, like, you're going to help so many other little Marses. You're going to help so many other people who are struggling with that as well and like you know just being vulnerable about your experience like i think it's gonna help you go far so i know it's like off topic but like fuck them fuck what they have yeah. to say because at the end of the day like even though it is tough i am seeing slivers of like okay there's this big person here this bigger person yes. here that's like yes. making waves and at some point they gotta break it break open that gate and everyone's gonna get through but like you just gotta keep pushing like you got it so I wanted to say you got that. And then also, too, I wanted to kind of tie it to, like, how being fat is an issue when you're more feminine. Which is what I'm Yes. Thinking. Because, like, yes, for yes, me, yes. my experience, like, I came from sports. And, um, like, after sports, I gained weight. But I transitioned into a more masculine style. And I don't get as much hate or, like, whatever when it comes to that as somebody who is more feminine, who presents as femme or whatever you want to call it. And, like... It's more of like I feel like men are misogyny, trying to control how a woman is supposed to look in the eyes of a patriarchal society, and that's what I've kind of seen as well. And whenever you have disruptors like you, like Lizzo, and other people coming through and just being like, "I'm gonna do what I want to do," and it's not because you're a man and you're telling me what I should look like, it's gonna be a threat even to other women who know that they yes. want to be free of this, but they can't. But they can't be, you know. Yes, I'm so glad that you brought up the femininity aspect because there's this 
quote. I don't know if this is from like a scholar or just someone that I saw online and I wish I could quote them directly, but if anybody knows who basically said this, but you can put women into two categories, fuckable and unfuckable. And if you are in this category, you are essentially, you know, you're a castaway, Mm. you're disregarded Mm. and being someone who is uncon you know your body type is not what is what society would conventionally you know decide as beautiful or attractive or fuckable mm-hmm. a paradox for a lot of men like it's that control like wanting to control the image of a woman you know and yeah i i, I think about that a lot but also I wanted to touch on um, you talking about the little Marses, the other little girls, big girls that need someone to look up to. That is quite mm-hmm. literally the driving force for me as I'm mm-hmm. getting older. Like, I know that there are other girls with my st- that I was that girl, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's literally what's been pushing me forward. Like, obviously, I have a desire to be on stage and I have a desire to be, you know, in media, but it's... 99 percent for those for those other little girls for thank you so thank you for touching on that i do really appreciate that and all of your kind words um (laughs) you did touch on just a little bit about fat phobia in Mm. the healthcare industry yeah it is another thing that is terrifying um so I just, I guess I'll just talk on my experience and then you having been in like, uh, in sports and things like that, you can talk to, talk mm-hmm. about your experience as well. But I mean, even just going for a simple checkup, like, excuse me, I have a cold. I've literally Googled my symptoms. I can tell you right. what it is and what it isn't. I just need you to like sign off on that prescription, Mr. Doctor. And right. it's like, okay, but have you considered not being fat? And it's just <laughs> like... <laughs> It'd be blowing my mind. I'd be wanting to fight. <laughs> like, I've, I I, just, it's, I, it, it really scares people away. Like, I have friends, because um, I've really surrounded myself with a lot of women that are of the same experience, um, mm-hmm. you know, women, more femme, um, of color, and, you know, larger bodied, like, mm-hmm. that have gone years without being seen because that experience is so, like, triggering and demoralizing and Mm -hmm. like i've had doctors quite literally like there's one that was like our family practitioner and i had to stop seeing this woman because every single time she was Mm. offering either like you know you're eligible for a gastric bypass or you Mm. know like yeah just like unsolicited advice you know what i mean every single time when i tell you this is not an exaggeration it's every Mm. single time and like just learning that i can disregard the weigh in if i want because i know that that's going to be the topic of the entire visit and that's not why i came in if i came in for you know weight loss advice or help i would have said that when i signed in but i didn't Mm -hmm. i'm here for a checkup i'm here for a physical i'm here for Mm -hmm. you know to refill my prescription and every issue that could be wrong with you will always be chalked up to like just like being fat like there are newer like practitioners that are coming out that are more versed in like actual science and like learning that like the BMI is like completely like flawed. It's, <laughs> it's completely flawed system and that there's nuance and that like 
your health is not connected to your size. And, you know, I just haven't been able to interact with them just yet. But, you know, it's really you have to and like everyone has to kind of cater their healthcare experience to them. But like as a fat woman, like you have to do so much vetting and so much research and so much background Mm. to even be taken seriously because as a black woman already, you're going to be disregarded because there are older doctors that are still under the, you know, thinking that black women don't feel pain. Like that was a thing, mm. you know, for a long time due to slavery that they assume that yeah. we have a higher pain tolerance or, you know, not wanting to be prescribed certain medications because they feel that you're going to abuse them or, you know, mm. not being um administered certain medications when you're going under anesthesia things like that because they feel that you're going to develop an addiction like there's so much discrimination already in the healthcare industry now add an additional layer of being a large person because fat white women go through this like you know asian women like there's always going to be that discrimination so it's just it really is such a disgusting like I dread it every year. Like I just, yeah. I just grin and bear it when it's time. But mm-hmm. I've, it also like helps in like speaking up for myself and saying like, no, we're not going to talk about this today. And they're all every time they're like, uh, like, but I'm the mm. doctor, and it's like, yeah, but I'm good. Like, you know, mm. are we clear? Okay, like we can end this here. But yeah, yeah, I'm just curious about your experience as someone that grew up in sports because I was very much so not that like i was like in like marching band but i wasn't doing yeah like you know no marching band, <laughs> marching band a lot because y'all be on that hot sun and stuff and y'all okay like, it's, I one thing about me it was always the skinny kids that were falling out passing out mm-hmm. from the you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. and it's also like you don't want to be seen like you don't want to feed into certain stereotypes like oh she needs a water break you know so oftentimes mm-hmm. i would like push myself because i didn't want to be a problem i didn't want to like divert attention you know away mm-hmm. from everything that was going on. i think i had like one time where i was like quite literally gonna pass out because because we would practice during the hottest part of the day and that was like one of the only times i've ever like sat down and allowed myself to rest because god forbid you need a break you know like you don't want you you know it's just there's so many layers that like we are constantly like i'm constantly thinking about but yeah we'll we'll get into more just to touch on more about your experience no i appreciate you talking about that experience though especially with like the marching band because um it wasn't until i got older i realized how fatphobic like athletics really is and like yeah um especially towards women i know there was like different types of sports like i know like volleyball and gymnastics i i've heard like really bad stuff when it comes to like you know fat phobia and like you know portioning rationing out what you eat and it'd be like you're like an athlete that's killing like a lot of calories every day and you're like eating really really small stuff because you're afraid of gaining weight here and there so there was that that i would like hear about and see but then also i felt like like you said like if you get a break or you you like drink water or like you're not able to like push through it's that connotation of like you're not strong enough you're not tough enough and I think that goes into just being fat or bigger in general um that just idea that that's like as a fat person as a bigger person that you're just not strong enough and your liability you know which I think also comes with like people who have disabilities that's the idea like life's easier for you and why should I give you a break or whatever 
And exactly. It, it, it's not fair. I know for me, like, growing up, like, you know, my family or my mom for sure was, like, very, like, supportive of my weight and, like, never made me feel like I was too big. Like, she'd always be like, oh, like, you need it for your strength. You need it for your sport. And it helped me so that I didn't have, like, body dysmorphia too bad growing up. Um, I think when I left the sport, when I was done with basketball after college and I started gaining weight just from, like, not working out as much and just, like, um, you know, stress and mental health stuff, like, it was a transition for me because I did get treated differently and I would see how the doctors gradually would, like, start trying to, like, um, suggest different nutritional places or whatever. But it got frustrating because it's like these doctors aren't doing their job because it's like you're missing key points and key things that have nothing to do with weight where you're missing like diagnoses and stuff like that that like could save someone's life but you're so busy focused on weight like mind you they got beer bellies looking at me they they big too okay they big too but they're sitting here like oh you can't do this and that and i'm like Man, like, I'm vegan. I've been vegan for four years. Like, I'm not saying I'm the, the statue of health, but, like, I, you know, take care of my Neither are you. So Neither are I'm you. Just, no, literally. I just was like, you know, like, at what point are y'all going to do your job? But then I was talking to one of my friends, and she pointed out, she was like, well, they are doing their job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're, they're literally bringing you in and shooting you out. And if it's too much of something that's going to, like, affect your health insurance and they're not going to get the money back, like, it's literally just, like, a big system. Yeah. And it just sucks because it's, like, we're so ingrained to think this about ourselves that, like, we're trapped in this cycle of just hating ourselves in different ways and making it harder for us to live. Like, when I realized that fat phobia was based in anti-blackness, um... Fear in the Black Body was a book that I just was like, when I read that, I was like, whoa, like, it's all rooted in blackness, anti-blackness, yes. you know, I was just like, it freed me in a way. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going to eat this cheesesteak, this vegan cheesesteak, I'm going to go get this pizza, and you know, when I feel like it, I'm not going to feel judged about it, because at the end of the day, y'all going to hate me regardless. There's different subsets of me as a person that you don't like. So why would I, Why? why i'm just gonna be me and uh, i just wish that like people would see that and like not like play into that because it's killing people mentally physically and emotionally and yeah so that was that was my experience and you know the process i'm still going through it i think me being masculine presenting uh helps Mm -hmm. you know um but i also just don't like how it affects people that i know who present as femme or just people in general um that have to deal with fat phobia more than I do. So. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, thank you for sharing that experience and you know opening up about that. Um, yeah, I've never really, I guess, considered that side because obviously I haven't been this size my whole life, but I have been bigger mm. than my peers growing up. And so I've always lived this. Like, I've always known mm. this. Like, this has been, you know. And, you know, just getting older and coming into my own as a woman and just like like you said like being a disruptor and just Mm. a part of my experience being protest within itself amen and Mm -hmm. you know just existing in spite of has been you know very liberating but I do feel for the people that you know maybe at one point were on one side of the spectrum and are now you know 
your bodies change god forbid you're gonna grow you're gonna change like weight fluctuates like unless it's you know something that's like drastic like these people that are on ozempic and also what i want to touch on talk about that yeah yeah we we need to talk about the ozempic people um you touched on like people that like would like have to cut weight and stuff like that Mm. those are never considered eating disorders like those people that are managing what they eat down to the microgram afraid of gluten afraid of sugar afraid of anything with like you know any sort of fat or msg or whatever that's never considered a Mm. um uh eating disorder because they're they're buff and they're in the gym every single day but like you're afraid to eat bread yeah Let's, let's process that yeah you know what i mean like let's unpack that like, yeah. you know, I'm the one that has the problem with, you know, a bad relationship with food, but you literally mm. are have to, like, down to the calorie, are managing every single piece of food. Like, you can yeah. never just enjoy. That's never that's never an eating disorder. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for the day when people are able to really have that conversation and really talk about who's actually damaging their bodies. Um, because like we said, the BBLs, the Ozempic, like, I am fully for changing your body to, like, fit you, whether it's gender dysphoria, body dysphoria, whatever mm-hmm. is going to make you feel better and keep you on this earth for another day like totally do it but these things are also being pushed by media like they swear that we're advertising or pushing an unhealthy lifestyle Mm. when there are people that are ruining their livers and ruining their like Mm. internal systems with Mm. these medications and with these crash diets and you know like the intermittent fasting and all this and that like you're killing yourself it's just yeah. taking a little bit longer. Mm. You know, I just, I, 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 I wait, for, I'm, I'm praying for the day that we do genuinely have that conversation. Um, but another topic that I wanted to talk about, oh, because I have so much to say about this, is fat phobia when it comes to fashion, specifically clothing, mm. sizing, styles, what we have as options, because there's a lot of conversation regarding sustainability sustainability we need to Mm. get away from fast fashion fast fashion is bad which i hear you guys and i have been grateful enough to live in an area where at this point pretty much everything that i shop is secondhand like i almost Mm. exclusively shop at the thrift store but that is a privilege that i have because Mm. my area is well stocked with cute things to wear god forbid i want clothes to cover my body that look good that fit my style that you know what i'm saying like fit the like people think that bigger bodies should just accept whatever is available and just slap it on our body like we want to look cute just like you want to look cute you know what i mean like especially being a feminine presenting person and i've been presenting feminine for like at least the past five years like when i was younger i was only presenting more masculine because i just simply wanted to hide my body and i was that like like literally sweatpants and a t-shirt or a hoodie was my uniform from ages like 10 to like 18 like it wasn't Mm. until like i became an adult where i was like oh like i can like wear cute clothes like that's literally an option you know so it wasn't an issue when i was hating my body and i was just trying to just i had to put on clothes because i had to go outside like Mm. now 
like actually looking for cute clothing is is a trek like but like i said i am grateful to live in an area that has sizing for me and like cute stuff like i can go to goodwill i can go to um you know there's a place called omg thrift i can go to salvation army and find things now because thankfully you know the big breasted aunties or whoever were donating clothes you know was looking out for your girl but that isn't the case for so many women across the world Mm -hmm. across the country like i don't think that it should be a privilege to want to like i can't fault the girls that are going to shein that are going to which mind Mm -hmm. you a lot of my secondhand stuff is shein is fashion nova like it is forever 21 like I can't fault those girls for going to those retailers or going to those websites, the Timus and the Fashion Overs and whoever, because nothing is catering to our size. Or they do have a line, but it's a completely different styling and fashion yeah. than what's in the regulars, the mid-sized and um, you know, the the smaller sizes. Like, why does it have to be completely different clothes? Like you go to Target and if you've ever been in like the women's plus section, like it's old lady maternity looking clothes like what young person do you know wants to be wearing floral every goddamn day what young person do you know wants to be in polka dots and something like with disney on it like who who i want to you know what i mean like it's just it's such a privileged point of view to be like sustainability like you guys are you know it's so easy to like paint with a broad brush and just Mm. like count out all those girls but like y'all aren't really thinking of the big the bigger sizes the plus sizes when you talk Mm -hmm. about sustainability it's just unrealistic do you have any thoughts on that yeah it's been interesting for me just like transitioning from being more femme presenting to more masculine presenting and like seeing how when i was dressing more feminine it was harder to find stuff in larger sizes and like it stopped after a certain point but then when you get to more masculine clothing like everything's bigger like Mm -hmm. looking for pants and stuff like my struggle was like okay i gotta get stuff tailored because like i'm thinking like metric wise like measurements okay this should be my waist size because this is what i was when i was wearing more feminine clothes but it'd be like 10 times bigger 10 times longer yeah and even shirts and stuff and it's kind of nice because like i like the bigger fit you know on some stuff but i was just like man like why don't we do this to women's clothing why don't women's clothing have pockets like just little stuff like that like i'm just like and that's why i feel like fat phobia is so like geared towards just femininity and just women in that structure of the patriarchy because it's like why can't bigger women have cool clothing and stuff? And like, like you said, I don't like the hypocrisy of y'all need to stop going to Shein and being sustainable, but you're not giving me proper options. But then saying it's too cost too much to make bigger clothing. Like, and I know like there are some manufacturers where it makes it more difficult, but I think there's a way. And I think it's just like, they're trying to act like there isn't, but there is. And it's there just is. Really frustrating. Just make the same thing and add more fabric. I don't understand where the disconnect is coming from. Like, I have a friend, shout out to, they go by Cleo now, um, but I don't know, they haven't, um, I'm not going to plug them because they're like in a rebranding era, but they were like, they're they're looking more into it now but like a couple years ago like in 2020 when they were starting to like really kind of get the brand off the ground they the manufacturers are charging pretty much double to make the same piece mm. of clothing just bigger mm. 
And that's like per item, like per shirt, mm-hmm. you know, because she was working on shirts at the time. Like, it's such and like, but y'all don't care about that. Y'all don't care mm-hmm. about that. It's just I'm nope. evil because I have to go to Shein. I'm evil because I'm on Fashion Nova. I'm evil because I'm at Forever Twenty One. You know what I'm saying? And yes, those people, like those work environments and those, um, you know, constraints that they're under in those factories are heinous it's nothing is right about that but when nothing else is offered to you like the only other option is make your own clothes how many people do you know are like i'm to the point where i might just start making my own pants because it's just like like i've been shopping in men's pants and the fit is always just a little bit strange because you know i'm shaped like a woman like i have you know it kind of goes like that and so men's pants are kind of more you know straight Mm -hmm. and narrow and while i you know i'm it's not impossible for me to find my sizing i've like i said i've been shopping mainly secondhand and thrifting and Mm -hmm. anytime i need some pants there have been women's pants that i've been able to find in the women's section but it's mainly men's pants and now i kind of prefer men's pants because also the Mm -hmm. pocket situation the pocket situation i could fit the entire world the entire world in these put pockets. a whole everything a book the put. world <laughs> a, a a scientific calculator my phone my wallet my keys a dog <laughs> like i can fit the world <laughs> in those pockets i i simply i can't go back now i can't go back now you know but yeah i'm getting to that point where it's so annoying seeing like these influencers or these smaller girls that will go to the thrift stores or go to secondhand and buy up the larger sizes because oh, they want the oversized look. But God forbid, question. I also want an oversized look. And guess what? Ain't no more oversizes because you mid-sized 8 to 10 or 6 to 8 or double mm. zero mm. are buying up the bigger sizes. Somebody had to say it. Somebody had to say it. You know, like it's just it's so it's such a privileged point of view to have. I just, Mm. yeah, I really stay out of that conversation because when it comes to sustainability and fast fashion, y'all aren't being serious. You're not. You're not ready to have a serious conversation. Can't be. Um, but yeah, one of the last things I wanted to touch on, um, which is just kind of circling back to how, like, my experience living in this body that I've lived in and learning to love mm. it and like you know every every person has more difficult days than others um but even just when it comes down to like being in front of a camera speaking in front mm. of an audience like it took so much work like no none of y'all know the journey and the like the battle I was fighting demons in order to just get to this point and I'm still not even in my final form yet so everyone should be very scared orlando comedians should be very scared because once i'm really comfortable it might be over for y'all i hate to say that Mm -hmm. it might be over for y'all but yeah it takes so much it takes so much to get to the point that i've gotten to in my relationship with my body and my relationship Mm -hmm. with how i allow the world to view me and just being visible at all like living in this body i in uh subconsciously was taught to basically not be seen not be heard Mm. don't 
make you know don't be a distraction don't cause too much attention to yourself like literally just a mouse of a per- like a shell of a person for so much of my life like it's it's just it's it comes from every angle it came from my family you know you talked about how like doctors that you said like you know they're they're talking to you with a with a big old pot belly you know a beer belly or what have you and have the nerve to talk about you know your relationship to weight and fitness like aunties that are not small in any regard not even the closest not even their mouth is small and have the nerve to be like, ooh, you know, you come up. I've, like, skipped out on family. And there's a lot of other women that have this experience. I've skipped out on family interactions. There's several people that I do not speak to anymore mm. because the first thing that they have to say is something about my size. About, ooh, girl, you know, you getting up there. Mm. You might want to. You haven't seen me in years. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like. Not hi. You know, how you doing? How's life? It's, oh, and, and there's, and it's, it's, you know, it's a thing in the black community, people of color, you know, I feel mm-hmm. like of every experience across the diaspora have had this interaction where if you're a different size from the last time you saw that person and you're bigger than that last time, they're going to talk about it. And no one's talking about you, auntie. Because you, you don't look any smaller than time. the last, you don't look any smaller than the last time I saw you. Exactly. Exactly. That be killing me the most, bro. Be killing me the most. I had to check my great aunt one time. Like it was a couple mm-hmm. years ago. She was like, "Oh, you've gotten bigger," and I was like, oh, "Okay." And it was just like this awkward silence. She looking at me. I'm looking at her. Right, and we looking <laughs> at each other. Like, and she's like, "Okay," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> like, don't, because it's like, what, what? What's the reason? What is the point? What did you succeed in doing? Projecting how you feel about yourself. Right, it what is. Does that do it's create more hurt. It's all projection, and it's another one of those things that I hope that our generation is able to be free of. You know, in the coming years, you know, it's still the optics aren't great for us girlies. You know, it's still very scary to be a large person and to be visible and to be, you know. But I pray that eventually we will be able to be free of ourselves of like commenting on people's bodies unsolicited. Like at this point, like even if you, I come up to you and I'm, you know, a smaller size, you don't have to comment on that either. You don't have to comment Mm -hmm. on me being bigger. You don't have to comment on being smaller. You don't have to comment on anything that I didn't ask you to comment on, you know, because you don't know people like, like it's your, your body could be going through detriment to get to a smaller size you know what i'm saying like so Mm -hmm. like i just watched like i don't know if you've seen everything now it's very triggering for anyone that has not a good relationship with food or you know their body image but it is pretty powerful content and i'm happy for that it's on netflix um it's british show but the girl in the show is anorexic and no matter how hard she tries, no matter what she does, she doesn't feel that she looks the way everyone is telling her that she looks, which is fairly normal, you know? She is a very small, frail girl, but she will never see that. And, you know, I've had people in my life or times in my life where I was starving myself or I've had friends that were starving themselves. And yeah, they lost a whole bunch of weight. And then everyone's telling you, oh my God, you look so good. Oh my God, like mm. you don't understand what that does, you know? 
Like, mm-hmm. so I just, if there can be any sort of takeaway from this episode, it's just mind the business that pays you. Mm-hmm. Um, like, don't comment on things that no one is asking you to comment on. Like, if someone's coming out and they're like, y'all, I did all of this work and I blah, blah, blah. Of course, applaud them, yeah. celebrate them, because they're asking you to. But going out of your way and someone that you haven't seen and commenting on it when it is was never a topic of discussion is like so incredibly violent and people don't care about fat people's feelings like they don't like because it's always like oh well it's your fault if you don't like it then change but it's like you know what could change everyone's like perspective you could do just a little bit of work to be more sensitive or to be more knowledgeable and like you know what i mean like why like i don't know i'm just not that's not my ministry. That's not my church anymore. I am living for Mars. I am being so incredibly selfish because like you said, you're going to have preconceived notions about me regardless. So if I'm going to be evil, if I'm going to be, I might as well be that. You know what I'm saying? And I'm gonna enjoy I might it. as well be that. So live for you, but also mind your business and also, you know, just try a little bit to be kinder to yourself every day for anybody watching. Um, it's possible and I'm still every day I'm working on it. Like mm-hmm. every day is a new like first for me, honestly. Like just even like for as long I haven't been wearing makeup that long. I know you wouldn't know. I'm joking. But I have not, <laughs> I've not been wearing makeup that long. Like just being able to explore femininity in a larger body mm-hmm. has been such a journey and such an experience. And it's possible. Happiness is possible. A good relationship with yourself is possible. Like, I've just started not being mean to myself in my head. I don't say anything mm. unkind about myself out loud in front of mixed company. Um, but just even in my own head, like, yeah, those are, it's all very important. But yeah, that was pretty much our take on fat phobia. It was so good. Thank you so much. It's a very vulnerable episode. Um mm. And just in general, like, I've just tried to be more vocal um, because we need more of us in these spaces. Like, like you said, there are more women and are more, um, you know, people in every field just to like, I know I just said we were rapping, but just one more point that I wanted to talk about. Um, I was in Brooklyn recently and I um, went to see a friend at a DJ event. So there was like two or three different rooms and I went in this one smaller room and I don't know their pronouns, but they were, you know, a feminine presenting large body DJ. And they looked so cool. They looked so cool. And I was so just dope. like mesmerized by them. And I didn't get their information. I'm sure it's still on the flyer. But I was just like, wow. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. And so maybe there's someone looking at you like that. Like, wow. Mm. Like, they're so cool. Like, there's, you know, like, she, they were just so dope and just like in their element and just like unapologetically them. And just like, mm. it was just. Oh my god! I was just like, I want to like, I want to be like you when I grow up. Like, here's mm-hmm. you are everything. So just don't stop because there's someone mm-hmm. without a doubt that's looking at you like that to the viewer. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's important. Representation is so important. Yeah, no, it's definitely important. Like even just what you said about this uh, being able to explore your femininity, I think it's super beautiful because I think fat phobia—that's the goal—is to like shut that down and like try to perpetuate the, the femininity that they want to be um, expressed. 
And um, yeah, like I think inspiring others is like what scares a lot of these people who aren't able to be free or makes money off of you not being able to free be free. Because let's be honest, the diet culture, they make a lot of money. The exercise culture makes a lot of money off of your fear instead of just uh, being in love with your body as it is and just being healthier in general. What a concept. But you talking that shit. You talking that shit, friend. I'll I'm telling you. It's, it's honestly, I'm learning through all of our shows and just experiences that capitalism is the real villain. But so they're not ready for that. They're not ready for that conversation. <laughs> they're, they're not, not ready, ready for that conversation. That's the real. That's the real evil. Okay, it's not your big friend. It's not that no. big person on television. It's not that big person in that movie. No, it's, it's unfortunately it's capitalism, and you're it's the capitalism. sucker. A sucker's born every minute, and you're the sucker. Literally, uh, yeah, we gotta talk about that one day. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I just like thank you so much for being vulnerable with us and sharing your story. Thank you for allowing me to share my story. Thank you viewers for listening, watching, wherever you're consuming this content. We appreciate you. Uh, if you want more information or just to keep up with us, you can follow us on Instagram or TikTok or subscribe to uh, Femmes at Large um, so you can be uh, notified whenever a new show or something comes up. But yeah, thank you guys for being here. Can't wait to talk to y'all next week and you guys have a great day. Bye. Bye.